As we were in worship, <clears throat> there was just a sweet, sweet spirit. Uh, the Lord was ministering to me, I hope to you as well. And as we were there, Rodney, uh, he's with our kids this morning, teaching our river kids. He sent me a text and said, uh, this is a defining day to press in and find me. That's what the Lord was saying to him. I'm here waiting on you. Set yourself apart from your neighbors and friends and find me and be set free. So I just released that in the name of the Lord. Amen. He said, press in and find me. That means just set our eyes on him. Allow him to be the focus uh, for you today. And uh, he had something else he shared with Tish that we'll do at the end. But uh, as <clears throat> the Lord is so sweet. And it's amazing how, you know, I've shared before, since Stephen spoke, God's really, per- really put in my heart about the importance of just spending time with him in the word with no agenda. You understand what I mean? Just to put his word first without an agenda, without trying to get anything, just say, I want to see you. I want to be with you. I want to know you. The way that we walk in intimate relationship with him is to know him, not just to give him a laundry list of our prayers or anything like that. It's to know him. It's to spend time with him, to fellowship with him and allow him to speak back to us. And uh, in that, I've been, been reading, as most of you know, in John's gospel. I've been reading in John. I've been reading uh, in Mark. <laughs> anyway, this past week, the Lord just really put in my heart to go back to John and start reading again. So I was reading in John 10 and 11 and got over to John 12. And the Lord brought a very, very familiar passage of Scripture back to my attention in, uh, in John chapter 12. But before I go there, uh, I want to look at Matthew. Uh, I'm just, I don't want you to read. I don't want you to have to turn there. I'm going to reference it. I'm not going to read it just yet, not all of it. It's one I've referenced probably for about the past month in Matthew, and it's where Stephen even referenced this, I believe, in his message when he spoke about Peter being in the boat and Jesus saying, come. Jesus came walking on the water, and Peter said, if it's you, bid me to come to you. And Jesus looks at Peter, and he says one thing. What does he say? He says, come. He said, come. And uh, so, and it says in verse 29, so he said, come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus But when he saw the wind was boisterous, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and called him and said to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when he got into the boat, the wind ceased. Those who were in the boat came and worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. So I want to parallel this with another passage in Luke chapter 10, verse 38. It has nothing to do with him walking on the water, just so you know. But it does have something to do with Mary and Martha. Very familiar passage of Scripture. We've, we've referenced it here many times. I've preached from it many times. But this time, as I was reading, and I, as I said, I got here from John chapter 12. So instead of trying to take you down my path, I'm just going to give you what I have. Is that all right? Because I'll lose you as sure as you're born. Uh, you'll be sitting there with that cow looking at the new gate look on your face going, I don't know. I don't know where he is, and I don't even know where I am. I'm lost. Well, today's the day to get saved. I'm just kidding. Luke 10, 38. It says, Now it happened as they went, and he entered a certain village. It's the village of Bethany, as other scriptures will let us know. And a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who also sat at Jesus' feet 
and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus said to her, Martha, Martha, you're worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed. And Mary has chosen the good part, which will not be taken away from her. So we're going to go in a moment to Matthew 26, Mark 14, and John 12. But we're not going there just yet. Because as I began to study this, it really, I wasn't even going into it to study. As I began to meditate on this, it says, Now it happened as they went that he, Jesus, entered a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. How many of you heard this story before? It's Mary and Martha. And Martha does what? Martha gets busy about serving, and she gets on to Jesus. <laughs> That's really what happens. She gets on to Jesus saying, don't you care that I'm here doing all the right stuff and Mary's just sitting there at your feet? Don't you care? And, uh, but there were some things that the Lord highlighted to me this time that I had never seen before. Maybe it's just because I'm that sharp. <laughs> but what the Lord began to speak to my heart about how, is how easy it is to be distracted. How easy it is to get distracted. See, that's what happened to Peter when he stepped out of the boat. When, when he saw Jesus and he said, if it's you after, you listen, after Jesus has already declared, it's me. So in his great faith, he said, if it's you, are you with me? He said, if it's you, and Jesus said, it's I, come. So here's Peter, and here's what we have to understand that we lose sight of, right? I, well, I'll say we, me. I have a tendency to lose sight of. When Peter stepped out of the boat, there was already a storm. When he looked at Jesus and said, if it's you, tell me to come, there was already a storm. The storm didn't happen when Peter stepped out. It was happening when the whole deal went down. Are you with me? So what I want you to understand is there was already a storm preceding this whole event. And so it wasn't just that once Peter stepped out, there was a storm and he got distracted. No, Peter made a choice when Jesus said, come, to forget the storm and to just see Jesus. <laughs> see, there are times in our lives that it's stormy. We have to make a choice not to ignore the storm. I'm not talking new age. I'm not acting like it's that not there so that it won't be there. That's not what I'm saying. What we have to uh, do is step out in faith saying, you know what? God is greater than the storm. He's promised he would never leave me nor forsake me, that he would be with me from this time forth, even forevermore. He's promised that I am more than a conqueror through Christ. That's already there. So Peter Already in the midst of a storm with his companions who were also in the storm. And Jesus declares, come. And Peter, in faith, in the midst of that, sets his eyes on Jesus and steps out of the boat. But it says this, verse 30, 30 uh, says, but, you know, I'm convinced. There's been a lot of things I could have done amazing for the Lord, but my butt got in the way. God, I would do that, but, you know, you're in a place, and God highlights somebody to you. 
You know how he highlights somebody to you? Easy way to know when God highlights somebody to you, your heart starts racing, feels like it's here. Feels like it relocated from your chest to your throat. Anybody you ever felt that? Anybody? Oh, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> Not really. <clears throat> so you feel like the Lord highlights somebody to you, and he wants you to go share something with him. And your heart moves from here to here, and, it, and the rate increases pretty rapidly. It went from... Sound like a Chevy with a cam in it. But your heart rate increases and you go, oh, okay, okay, Lord. Probably not today. Probably not. I'll pray for him. Father, bless him in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. And our butt got in the way. God, I would, but I don't have time. I would, God, but Peter stepped out, but. It says, but he saw the wind was boisterous. That's why I said what I did earlier. Did the wind just start being boisterous when he stepped out? No. It was boisterous before he stepped out, but what he did is he changed his focus. He was distracted. Are you with me? He was distracted from what was most important or who was most important, and that's Jesus. Was the storm real? Absolutely. Was it valid? Yeah. Was there reason for alarm to be in, his, in himself when he only looked at the natural? Absolutely, there was. But what he forgot when he got distracted was he wasn't in the natural at this point. He was way over into the supernatural because he was walking on water. But he was distracted. And I was thinking of that, and I, I came to this passage here in Luke 10.38, and it's, again, I, I, I'm not going to... Not going to tell you the whole trail that got me here, but it's verse 38 says, Luke 10, 38 says, Now it happened as then they now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her home, and and she had a sister called Mary, who also sat at Jesus' feet. Stop. Who what? Who what? Also sat. So where had Martha been? Come on. I have never seen that before. I, I shouldn't have said that. I was like, dang, I thought she was the preacher. I'd never noticed where Martha had been. Are you with me? It says, and she had a sister, Mary, who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. So they were there sitting at his feet. You with me? They were sitting at his feet. And the way I've always taught it is, well, Martha, they came in and Martha just got busy and was doing her deal serving, which wasn't a bad thing. She was serving, but she chose not to sit at his feet. But that's not what the word says. It said they were there together. There's something else in here I hadn't seen before that I was just like, this is a new Bible. This has got to be a new Bible. It's not even a new translation. Same Bible I've been reading for years. But Martha was distracted. Martha sitting at Jesus' feet. Mary's sitting at Jesus' feet. He's teaching. And Martha, in her mind, y'all have never done this. I know. I know. Martha, in her mind, starts going, 
this is Jesus. We don't have anything to eat. I'm, I'm sure he's hungry. I'm sure we need to get him something. Y'all have never been in worship. And the Lord's just ministering, and all of a sudden a thought pops in your head. And you leave the building, not in your body, but in your mind. You were in the presence of the Lord, and now you're at home fixing something, doing something, worrying about something. You just totally left. You got distracted. Martha's there, seated with Mary at the feet of Jesus, and she gets distracted. Now, let me ask you this. Was what Martha was doing bad? No. Was it needed? Possibly so. Was it needed right then? No. See, I'm convinced we do many good things and miss the great thing that God wants to do for us because we get distracted. There are many good things that you can be doing. Serving is one. We need to serve. In this church, if we didn't have volunteers, we couldn't do it. We would, it, wouldn't, it, wouldn't do, it wouldn't run as it runs. Not just kids in children's ministry, those who volunteer uh, to do things around the church and get stuff done. It wouldn't get done if it was Tina and I who had to do it all. We can't teach all the classes. We can't do all of those things. So there are things that need to be done. But Martha, she was there. She was with Jesus, sitting at his feet. He was teaching, and she allowed a good thing to get in the way of a great thing. And she got distracted. Now listen. This is what's just cool to me. Listen to what Martha says. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she approached him, being Jesus, and said, Lord, do you not care? This is where she accuses Jesus. Don't you care? Steve said earlier that Jesus was a man. Is, he, is, is your God a fluffy God? You know, I say all the time, we have these pictures of Jesus, and he's in a white robe, and he floats above the ground like this. His feet don't touch the ground because his white robe never gets dirty, and there's no way, I've been there, there's no way his white robe wouldn't get dirty unless he floated. Just hovered over the ground. That's not him. He was a man. He was there. He was in the midst. She comes, and she says to him, to Jesus, but Martha, being distracted with much serving, she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has, what? Left me to serve alone. Light bulb. So, Mary and Martha were together at his feet. I believe when Martha got distracted, she took Mary with her, and Mary recognized, let me see, fix him something to eat or eat from him? Fix him something to eat or eat from him? <laughs> I'm going to eat. I'm going to eat from him. Ha, Jesus. I'm going to eat from him. Because it says, don't you care that my sister has left me to serve alone? So they were there together. Are you with me? If I lost everybody or is anybody, are we walking together? <laughs> Hallelujah. So they were walking, they were, they were sitting at his feet together. Martha got distracted. She got up, and I believe Mary went with her. But Mary then made a decision, wait a minute. This is more important. 
to sit at his feet, to learn from him is more important. You're tracking with me. From this scripture, we can say that that's possible what happened, okay? I'm not trying to mess up your theology or what you've believed all your life about this passage of Scripture, but I want us to see it for what it is, okay? We together? Because this is important. This is foundation for where I'm going. Hallelujah. (laughs) We're going to make it. We might bring it in on two wheels, and we're going to land this puppy hard. (laughs) I'm not closing yet. Stephen said I can only close one time. So also at, her, at his feet and left me. My sister has left me alone. Therefore, tell her to help me. Man, that could sound like a whole lot of prayer lives. God, you don't understand. I'm doing this. Would you tell somebody to help me? Please hear me. I'm not saying that what you're doing is not what you're supposed to be doing. Okay? Are you with me? But he, he turned to Martha and said this. He answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen the good, that good part, which will not be taken away from her. She has chosen. What did she do? She chose. See, distraction is a choice. (laughs) It's not what happens and we have no choice. Distraction is a choice. (laughs) I'm not saying it's not hard. It's not easy to go that way. I'm not saying that it's not the most, the, the biggest thing that's in front of you at that particular point. But what I'm saying is it's still a choice. Peter stepped out of the boat or in a choice, right? God didn't make him. Jesus didn't make him. He stepped out with a choice, and then he chose to look at what he had not paid attention to before. I know y'all have never done that, but I just want to share my testimony that I have done that. I have stepped out in what the Lord has told me to do, and then I've allowed. And you know what? When I stepped out, that stuff was already there. The issues were already there. The things were already there. And when I stepped out, it wasn't that they weren't there. It was just I was choosing not to look at them because what I'd heard him say to me. But then as I began to walk in it, you know, sometimes we walk in it a little longer than we expected to. And as we're walking in it, it's easy to get distracted and start looking at what's going on around instead of who he is and what he said. That's my testimony. I know y'all not there, but. I just want you to know where I am. So distraction is a choice. We have to choose to look away from what's important. But as we choose not to look away, this is what's so pretty. This is Matthew, Mark, and John that I was talking about. This is now Mary and Martha are in the house of Simon the leper. They're in Bethany again. This is a few months. Most scholars believe it's a few months after this, what I just read you, where Mary and Martha, where Jesus comes in Mary and Martha's house. This is before Lazarus has died. So he's in their house there, uh, and Jesus looks at Martha and says, Martha, Martha, you're distracted and worried about a lot of stuff. But Mary, she's what? Mary has chosen the right thing, the good thing, and it will not be taken away from her, right? 
It's what the scriptures say. So Mary chose the right thing. He said it won't be taken away from her. I want you to see something in these passages here in Matthew, Matthew 26, Mark 14, and John 12. Something happens. And again, I saw something I'd never seen before. Isn't that sweet? You know, it's, it's the beauty of a relationship with the living God. It's just like in a relationship with, with uh, your spouse or with a friend. The more time you spend with them, the better you get to know them. And you get to see something else about them that you just love. And the reason that you're so thankful the Lord put them in your life. Right? That's the way this is to me. Matthew 26. It says this. And when Jesus was in Bethany at the house of Simon the leper, a woman came to him having an alabaster flask of very costly fragrant oil. This is verse 6. I think I said that, verse 7. And she poured it out on his head and he sat, as he sat at the table. But when his disciples saw it, they were indignant, saying, that why, why this waste? For this fragrant oil must, might have been sold for much and given to the poor. But Jesus was aware of it and said to them, Why do you trouble this woman? For she has done a great, she has done a good work for me. For you had the poor with you always, but me you do not have always. For in pouring this fragrant oil on my body, she did it for my burial. Assuredly, I say to you, wherever this gospel is preached in the whole world, what this woman has done will, be also, will also be told as a memorial to her. Mark 14. And being in Bethany, this may sound a little redundant, but I want us to see every perspective. You with me? In Bethany... At the house of Simon the leper, as he sat at the table, a woman came having an alabaster flask of very costly oil of spikenard. Then she broke the flask and poured it on his head. But there were some there who were indignant among themselves and said, Why was this fragrant oil wasted? For it might have been sold for more than 300 denarii and given to the poor. And they criticized her sharply. So it says that this could have been sold for literally over a year's wage. Spikenard was more valuable than gold. Why? Because it was from the Himalayas. It was a certain height in the Himalayan mountains is where it had to come from, which was over 6,000 miles from Palestine. From where they were, it was over 6,000 miles. They didn't have jet planes back then. This, this oil had to come. And they were indignant. They criticized her. And Jesus said, let her alone. Why do you bother her? She has done a good work for me, for you have the poor with you always, and wherever you wish, you, whenever... You wish you may do good to them, but me, you do not have always. She has done what, what she could. She has come beforehand to anoint my body for burial. Assuredly, I say to you, wherever this gospel is preached in the whole world, what this woman has done will also be told as a memorial to her. <laughs> John chapter 12, verse 1. Then six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany. First time Jesus is mentioned. We understood in the other passages it was referring to Jesus. But here it says, Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus, who, would, who had been dead. So the reference, and this is where Lazarus was raised from the dead. Uh, whom he raised from the dead. They were made, there, they made him a supper, and Martha served. But Lazarus was one of those who sat at the table with him. Then Mary. Mary. Took a pound a very costly oil, a spikenard. The other two Gospels don't tell us who this woman is. It says a certain woman. 
But here John reveals who this certain woman is. Who is it? It's the woman who had been at his feet. (laughs) It's the woman who said, yes, I could get up and, and prepare a meal for him to eat, but I feel it's more important for me to eat from him. I want to receive all that he has for me. And I believe that that event a few months earlier, her sitting at his feet and him giving of himself to her and her eyes coming awake, realizing who he really is, not just to the world, but to her, said he was willing to give his all for me, so I'm willing to give all that I have for him. What do we see in this passage in John 12? What's Martha doing? Martha's doing what she was in Luke 10. She's serving. Is that good? Is serving good? Yes. Serving is good. We, if you don't serve, then you become a stagnant pond, not a river. Amen. So serving is good, but... It has to be in the, at doing the right thing at the right time. Mary had chosen as an act of her will to not be distracted of who Jesus was, not just to the world, not just to the Jews, not just to Jerusalem, but to her. And because she, I believe, she sat at his feet and learned who he really was to her, there was nothing in this world that held more value than him. I'm glad we've already taken the offering. Because I don't want to be those that manipulate through, through the word to get you to give more. I don't want to be, I've been in that, I've been under that. I don't want to be that. But here, when she recognized Jesus' value to her, what was most valuable in the world, one of the most valuable things in the world, that had no value to her. <laughs> Amen. Shut your Bibles, pray for your neighbor, let's go home. Huh? I'm saying she had a revelation, and because of that revelation, Mary took a pound of very costly oil of spikenard, anointed the feet of Jesus. Listen, John gives a more detailed description of what went on, too. So she anointed his head, and the oil ran down. And she took this oil that's worth more than gold and put it on his feet. Then she gave something that money can't buy. She gave her glory for his. It's only because she knew his value to her. Not because of this event, but because what she had modeled her life after. And she let her hair down, which was her glory, in front of those men. And she wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the oil. I'm thinking to myself, how many people were thinking, dang, I wish I would, I would have been as smart as Simon and invite her at my house. Because now, that most expensive fragrance fills his house. A man who had been an outcast because he was a leper, who couldn't even come around people, he had to declare, if he came in close to people, he had to declare, leper, leper, leper. He couldn't go around him. If he was caught around people, he could be stoned to death. But here he is healed. Jesus is in his house. And now his house smells like Jesus. (laughs) His house smelled like Jesus. But wait. This has to be the most joyous occasion going on right here, right now. Right? 
Nope. Because there were people who were upset about this lavish gift. You know who it was? It was all those religious leaders. No, it wasn't. This is what I saw for the first time this week. It was his disciples. Not just Judas. We love to throw Judas under the bus. He sold him for 30 people. You know, this is said to have been more than, uh, I forget how many times. Many, many, many times over the worth of the silver that Judas got was this oil that was poured out on him. Many, many times over was the worth of this oil that was freely given. But here it says, if you, I, I tried not to make too much emphasis on it when I read through it in Matthew 26, but it says, a certain woman came to him having an alabaster box, an alabaster flask of very costly fragrant oil. And she poured it on his head as he sat at the table. Verse 8, but when his disciples saw it, they were indignant. His disciples, this is right before his crucifixion. They had been with him all this time. His disciples were indignant. Mark was a little nicer. He didn't name them. He just said there were those among them. Matthew said, bless the Lord. It was us. We were mad. A couple of things were going on there. They didn't realize. He had told them, I've got to die. They, they just put that far out of their mind. And here they were thinking, they had totally lost perspective. You know what happened? You know what happened? They got distracted. In this instance, when this amount of money was poured out on Jesus, they forgot who, who they were and who he was. Because they immediately went to, man, that could have been sold to do this and this and this and this. Would those have been good things, helping the poor and all that? Is that a good thing? Yes, is serving a good thing? Absolutely. They were distracted at who he is. And who they were in, in that relationship with him. Because they had seen him feed 5,000 with a little boy's bag lunch. Did he need a, a year's wage? No. When Peter said, uh, we got to pay taxes, they're telling us we need to go pay taxes. He said, Peter? Yes. Jesus, what? Go fish. <laughs> it's in there. It's awesome. <laughs> he went fishing, caught a fish, and there was enough money in the fish's mouth to pay taxes. Did Jesus need this woman to sell her oil so that he could, his ministry could be run? No. No. This Mary who chose, I'm going to sit at his feet. I have to know him. There's nothing in this world more important than me knowing him. It was that Mary that heard, he's back. He's here. He's in town. What can I give him? He's here. What do I have that I could give him? I think in her mind, she's thought, I saved a long time for that. But it means nothing to me. It means absolutely nothing to me because he's here. <laughs> Jesus is here. I want to give him all that I have. And she went and she broke that vial. She poured it over his head, and she wiped his feet with her hair. And you know what's precious? She's the only one. <laughs> the only one that left that house smelling like Jesus. There were those who got to partake of the smell, who got to see this act of worship. But she's the only one who left wearing worship. <laughs> Jesus. You're so worthy. 
I want you to know we're going to the DR, and I'm excited. I think it's the thing that God's telling us to do this week to get things ready for when we go in July. I'm just going to be straight. Call me. I don't care what you call me. I'm just going to tell you. I don't, I don't like going and being away from my wife. I love my wife. I love being with my wife. One of the hardest things for me to do is not to go and do what I need to do over there. It's to leave her. I'm not looking at you. Don't look at me. Look outside or something. Because she's not just someone I do life with. She's my best friend. And it's hard for me to leave because I love her that much. But I hate being away from her. But I know it's what the Lord has told me to do. So as I go, I, I go as a, an act of worship and offering to him because I love him. Because I want to see, as we make in the declaration, that, that the, the glory of his kingdom be seen all over the earth. And we have that opportunity to not be distracted, to keep the main one the main thing. For we trust in our God And through His unfailing love